You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, good evening. Thank you very much for listening. This is episode 60 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast with me, Charlotte Greenway. It's Friday the 11th of November. Jump racing is well and truly back and shortly we'll look ahead to the jumps action this weekend. But first, a recap on the news from the quietening flat scene following the Breeders' Cup last weekend. It was at the Breeders' Cup we saw the world's best racehorse flight line on the racecourse for the final time and he put in a monstrous performance, leaving his rivals trailing in his wake. It was announced on Sunday that he would be retired to stand at Lane's End Farm, already a shareholder in the horse, and the following day at Keeneland's sales ground, he lit up the sales ring as a 2.5% share in him was knocked down for $4.6 million to agent Fred Seitz on behalf of an undisclosed buyer. This week, a plethora of stallion fees were announced and we learnt that Flightline will stand for $200,000 during his first year at stud. And amongst these announcements, we also learnt of the soaring costs of sending your mare to the best of what Britain and Ireland have to offer, with Dubawi up to £350,000 from £250,000, Frankel's up to £275,000 from £200,000, while No Nay Never has seen his fee increase by €50,000 to €175,000. Yes, these stallions have all had incredibly good years, but Nick asked Emma Berry of the TDN whether that was the reason for such large increases at the top end, or whether inflation or competition was playing a part. I think we are happily in a golden era of stallions in in Britain and Ireland especially here in Britain actually we're you know we're so lucky to have Dubawi still going strong at the age of 20 Frankel of course um Kingman um we've got some special stallions and of course no no never as we said um has sort of rather taken up the baton for Coolmore since the the loss of Galileo and um, I think we're going to see a real explosion of that Scat Daddy line, which is, I mean, is already happening on their roster, but it's only going to become more so, I think, in the future when you think we've got Little Big Bear hopefully still to run next year. Sue Nation's had a rise in his fee this year because he's had a very good start with his first runners. So, uh, yes, we're probably going to see a lot more of, of, of that sire line coming through, especially at Cornwall. It's not exactly a surprise that Dubawi and Frankel are, are commanding I- enormous fees. Is this sustainable, though, Emma? Is it sustainable to have this many stallions way north of uh, of six figures? I think it is because I'm, you know, these uh, the teams at these various studs know their jobs. They're not um, they will have thought long and hard about um, where to pitch them. And when you have horses of the calibre of Dubawi, Frankel and Co, and there aren't many of that calibre, it's an elite group, your biggest problem isn't filling them, it's letting people down, you know, the people who want to come to them. And, and we're not just talking about the mares, the best mares in Britain and Ireland, we're talking about all of Europe, all of the world, you know, people travel, send mares from the Southern Hemisphere to cover, uh, to be covered by Frankel in Southern Hemisphere time, you know, that's how, that's his lure, he's obviously never shuttled, and Dubawi isn't shocking for years um so you know they 
people come to them they're that good one of the horses who played a key part no doubt in the increase in frankel's fee was alpinista who won three group ones this year including the arc de triomphe the much-loved grey mare was being trained for a tilt at the Japan Cup at the end of this month. However, this week was found to have heat in her leg and subsequently has been retired. So it'll be interesting to see which lucky stallion Kirsten Rousing picks out for her. Now, moving on to this weekend's action and Cheltenham's three-day Paddy Power meeting kicked off this afternoon where Hermes Allen for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden looked the star of the show in the Grade 2 Ballymore Novices Hurdle. The feature race of the meeting is, of course, the Paddy Power Gold Cup, won in 2020 by Cool Cody, who was in contention when falling two out last year. He's back again and has an incredible record round Cheltenham, so Nick thought it was worth catching up with his trainer Evan Williams to find out whether his seasonal reappearance over hurdles three weeks ago had brought him on. Well, he needed to, Nick. You know, I, I thought, you know, um, we, we had plenty of room for improvement there. Um, but look, we were always going to try and get to this meeting and, um, you know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed that will happen. Now, plenty of times before, we and, dare I say, you might have thought, well, he's got it to do at the weights today and he's had this incredible way of confounding us all. What sort of what sort of zest has he still got at 11, do you think? Um, I thought, I, look, we had to go to Cheltenham the other day, Nick, to, to find out because I can't tell you from what I see at home or don't see at home. So I'm a little bit in the dark. <sighs> look, he seems well, he seems happy. I can't tell you any more than that. For some reason, when he gets to Cheltenham, he changes. So I, I don't know. I don't know. And has, has that has that been the case ever since you first took him to Cheltenham? That that he's always just been a completely different animal as soon as he sees the place and so, as soon as he hits that hits that chase course. Well, it's strange that because because that's the facts, you know. I mean, it's strange. I mean, the track shouldn't suit him. Um, you know, he dives off to the right and, and tries to go through fences under them sideways over them. I mean you know he's got his own old way about doing it but the old place suits him I just suppose it's the old say horses for courses and I suppose there's never a truer saying really is there but it's obviously something to do with the place rather than the the actual configuration of the course isn't it that he's obviously just gets kind of somehow lit up by it probably Nick I mean it yes that's that's the way it seems and um I mean, I know he's, he's an old boy and he shouldn't get revved up by these things, but, but it does seem to, to light his fuse somewhat. Um, but you go there in hope more than expectation, but what, what an amazing horse he's been there. Well, Nick, Nick I think when you, get, when, he, you, when you have a horse that's done what he has done around, you know, the home of jump racing, one of those handicaps, you know, then if he was a grade one horse, it would almost be sort of lost, lost, lost amongst the greats, as it were. But because he's done it in handicaps... I suppose he's got his own place in working man's uh, sort of uh, folklore type of thing, you know, because those handicaps are notoriously difficult to win one, but to, to win as many as he has done just goes to show that it's a strange old job at times. Now, Evan, you've got a, a runner potentially in the Greatwood hurdle, a mare called Current Mood, who's got a bit of Cheltenham form. Um, she ran quite well. It'll call my eye, at least, on her comeback at, at Foss Lass. Are you minded to to run her this weekend were you were you happy with that that comeback run a big strong mare lovely a lovely lovely mare she's she's um as you can imagine uh she's a chestnut mare and then that she wouldn't be this most straightforward but um i thought her running false class promised plenty um and, and i'm not against 
looking at um, a good handicap. She'd need rain though, Nick. She she would have to have cut in the ground really, you know. Um, but I thought some of her form, if you take it literally, some of the Cheltenham novice form, I, I do think that there's a day in her in a race of, of you know, some sort of value. And, and obviously some of that really good novice form behind Blazing Carl was over two and a half, three miles. Uh, obviously, Greatwood's at, at two. Do, do you think she's got the pace for that? Probably not as on good ground, but, but I put her in because... I do think that a very strong run two-mile handicap hurdle um, will bring out her stamina at the end of the race. And I could see her, I could see her taking a, a good handicap hurdle over two-mile, provided there was cut in the ground. You know, she, she'd need them to go exceptionally hard in, in soft ground to be seen at her best. Now, if Kim Bailey can pull off happy-go-lucky winning the Paddy Power Gold Cup after 581 days off, That'll go down as one of his greatest training performances to date. He's a horse with a lot of ability. He has form at the track. And here's what Kim had to say when Nick chassed him this morning. I'm really pleased with the way he's um, taken his break and come back. He seems in a really good place at the moment. But also, you've got to remember that horses off his racing, it's very hard to find races for him to run in. Um, and um, So, you know, he's ready to go. Um, my only concern is that it's, it's the ground and obviously I'll be poking my nose at that tomorrow morning because um, and he's having had a year off. Um, I don't need to be taking a chance on, 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 on ground and I don't feel it's right for the horse. I mean, what what do you think are his ideal conditions? What does he really want? Good to soft, probably good soft jumping ground. It's absolutely ideal. Okay, he's he's one of those horses that will at the moment go down in the old heartbreakers tray because he got so close to winning a race at the uh, the Cheltenham Festival. It was rather your misfortune to run into Vintage Clouds when Vintage Clouds was running like the the, the wind was up his tail. Um, do you think he will be better back at this intermediate distance? Well, uh, he he's always been a strong traveller. Um, he probably found a, a, that day at Cheltenham the, 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 the hill just probably just found him out because he looked like he was going to win two from home so jumping back in trip is not necessarily the end of the world it's probably not ideal but uh, um, you know for his first run um, he'll not run for a while he will be very fresh and he'll be, he'll be quite keen to get on with it so I, I, you know and the way David Bass rides him he won't get much chance to think about him <laughs> Is that the way he needs to be ridden? Probably not, but that's the way he will be ridden because at the end of it, there's no point hanging onto his head over over a shorter trip. So um, let him enjoy himself, and 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 and, and David likes to be up there anyway. So um, the combination, I hope, will work very well. And I mean, you you often joke about it, and you pull his leg, but you obviously feel it works most of the time. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had such an enduring partnership. Well, you can come up with lots of reasons why we're still together, and probably his riding ability is not one of them. But um, um, no, <laughs> joking apart, I, I have total faith in his ability to do what is what's right for the horses when they go on the race course. You're very, you're very cruel to him. Uh, not at all. He's very cruel to me as well. So uh, we, we work very well together, which is great. If you can't have a bit of a banter together, life is not worth having. And how long have you had this horse back in? I mean, have you got him? Have you got him right on? 100 percent to run a, to run a big race in a race like this i, I certainly got him right to, to run a very big race he, he, whatever happens he's bound to improve because at the end of it it's very hard to get without you know doing loads of race course gallops which is very difficult to find it's very difficult for a horse to come back after that length of time to to run a race as competitive as this to be 100 percent right but uh, you know I, I generally don't believe he'll disgrace us Anyone who scanned through the jump racing results over the last couple of weeks will no doubt have seen Paul Nichols's name numerous times under winning trainer with 21 winners in the last 14 days. 
Paul runs two in the Paddy Power, and while Il Rodoto may be the shorter price of the two, there's been a bit of money around for Simply the Bets too, who over the summer has been purchased by amateur jockey David Maxwell, who explained more about how his latest acquisition came about. Well, Paul rang me during the summer and he said um, he had three horses for Andrew Brooks and Andrew wanted to sell them all. And so it was the whole lot or nothing. And I looked particularly at Simply the Bets and I thought, oh God, um, this is going to beat me in the Fox Hundreds if I don't buy it. So um, so I had to buy it. Um, and uh, he's a lovely horse. I've been down to ride him and... Um, uh, and St Calvados as well, which was which was one of the other ones. He's a beautiful horse, so I'm really excited to throw a leg over them on uh, um, in a race soon. Well, simply the bets this weekend in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. I mean, this is quite something. You've had success at Cheltenham in the past and at this fixture. Um, is Paul giving you any indication you could win this race? Well, he, he principally gave me an indication that if Bryony Frost rode simply the bets, she would probably... Uh, went on him um but as that's not an option he um i think he he really felt the horse would run um very well even with me on him um i would point out that i still claim three which is you know have to be good value for that and um he uh, don't laugh nick and um uh, but he says the horse is absolutely in the form of his life as paul's horses all seem to be at the moment but he was he was particularly um, sweet on this horse's form and there was certainly no pressure from me to run him in this race okay so I, I lo- always lose um, um, lose track of how you have to qualify for f- fox hunters and things now so you can you can run him in ordinary races for a while then what do you have to do yeah he can run in uh, you can run in handicaps um, well you can run in in, in anything uh, right up until you run them in a hunter chase the key is that they have not to have um, won a um, a class one or two handicap, um, or been placed in a uh, in a grade one race in roughly the eighteen months before the hunter chase season starts. So, for example, if he was to win the Paddy Power, and Paul and I had this discussion, um, if he was to win the Paddy Power, he would no longer be um, eligible to run in the Fox Hunters. But hey, we'd have won the Paddy Power. So you'll take it. You'll still take it. I, I I will not be I will not be giving him a pull after the last uh, thinking about uh, thinking about coming second to win the so that we can win the Fox Hundred. I will definitely definitely be trying very hard to win this race. Pentland Hills, who of course was loosely victorious in his novice chase at Huntingdon, having not had to face a rival or jump offence, tomorrow takes on six pretty classy rivals in the Grade 2 Arkle trial, including Grade 1 winning juvenile hurdler Montmorale, Martin Pipe winner Bambridge and prolific hurdler Tommy's Oscar. It promises to be a stern test of jumping for these novices and Nick put a call into Nicky Henderson on Wednesday to see how comfortable he was at sending out Pentland Hills to jump round Cheltenham on basically his chase debut. Yeah, I don't normally like novice chases at Cheltenham first time out, but he has been very, very good at home. I was hoping we would have had the experience because Huntington would have achieved that. Um, but I think we, I mean, the plan is to run him, yes. Um, he, he's been very good at home and you know, there won't be a big field. There's not going to be a big field in either of the novice chases, actually, so I think they'll both run. And and, and um, Mr. Coffee in the three-mile novice chase. Uh, Mr. Coffee is a huge horse. Is he now starting to fill out into what you'd hoped he'd be? 
He is. He's amazing. I mean, he had a very good first season over fences last year, but amazingly, through the incompetence of the idiotic trainer, he is actually still a novice. Well, it could be inspired. <laughs> well, we sort of took that view in the end after he was second in the Kim Muir, um, which was a great performance. And we actually then ran in the top of him because he's, I thought it'd be fun. Um, and if he won, great. And if he didn't, well, then that leaves him a novice. So uh, here we go back into novice company, actually, for the first time for a bit. Um, and that race ought to sort of, you know, he should be ready and, and the ground would be ideal. One that caught my eye was a, a novice hurdler for J.P. McManus called Iberico Lord. Um, has he shown a lot? He won a, what they call an AQPS bumper in France. I mean, he's done everything we've asked him to do. It's just, I know J.P. is coming back um, and he was quite keen to have some runners. That it's, a, it's, it's throwing him in the deep end a bit, I must admit. Um, but the plan is probably to run in that anyway. But it's it's a hard place to start, but he's got to start somewhere. And then the novice hurdles for the next week aren't actually over-attractive. Um, so I, it, at the moment, the plan is to run. Okay, and obviously in the must-talk-about-the-big-race, you've got dear old Mr Fisher. Now, is, is he handicapped to run well or not, do you think? Well, he's just, he's crept down a little bit. Um, it's, he's... It's still a very big ask to carry top weight at these handicaps. Somebody's got to do it. Um, I don't say I'm running him because I'm, I'm gallantly going to do it to help everybody else. Again, hard to find races for him. He's he's. We've always said you know he is a he's a very very good horse. He's somewhere between you know he's a, he's a grade two horse if you like, and he finds it very just those grade threes are uh, sorry grade ones. Just a bit hard work, yeah. Yeah, they're just a bit difficult for him. The Peterborough, he's won, and but the Ryanair is, is sort of a step beyond him. So you're in the sort of grass between the devil and the deep blue sea, and and he could he could carry it away as long as it's decent ground. I think the weather forecast is actually telling us we, you know, up to the weekend could be dry. So good to soft, good would be ideal, and he's in, he's actually in really good form. Okay, and I, I know you've got to go, and I'll be quick. But Lucia looked really exciting when she won at Sandown last year. Is she going to run in the in the mayor's bumper? Yes, she is. Yeah, um, it looks a very warm race. A word of caution: we were just having a look at that. She was very, very impressive at uh, Sandown in a listed bumper there. Um, we were just looking through the form of that yesterday. Um, it hasn't worked out at all. <laughs> the result of it is she beat absolutely. I mean, nothing has come out of the race at all. But she had a very nasty time after that. I mean, we couldn't run her again. And we very nearly lost her, actually. And um, But she's managed to come through that. And she's ready to go over hurdles. But I just thought her confidence might be helped by one run on the flat first. And then she'd go straight over hurdles. And we hope she'll be top class. Dan Skeldson currently has six runners declared at Cheltenham over the weekend, and you could probably make a case for all of them. So when Nick spoke to Dan this morning, he started by asking which of the six he was most excited about. Uh, definitely Numenegra. And tell me why. Uh, it's just very important when you get your conditions like this to make it make it count. You know, there's um, I feel like Midnight River in the Paddy Power the ground could be slower for him and I'm not saying that that 
automatically enhances his chances. But I think it, on what I know at the moment about the horse, that would be a little more helpful. Um, but Nuba Negra wants the ground as good as possible. He's good round the track. It's worth a lot of money. It's a grade two. It's a big event for him. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you've got a horse like him that needs to be fresh, when the race turns up, like it did at the Champion Chase last year, heavy and you're at your best, but you can't, you know, you've no chance on the ground. It can be, you know, very disappointing and, you know, it can feel like there's been a lot of work for nothing. But all of a sudden, when you're in a position like this and everything's coming together, it's it, it can feel a lot, <laughs> a lot better. And, and you're up against a horse who's coming out of his novice season in Edwardstone as well. So you've got that fascinating unknown between between the, the horse that you know is proven in senior grade and the novice you think, well, how is he going to get on against the horses who've been doing it for a couple of years? How do you read their relative form? Um, I read it... Uh, well, we've got to give him £4 for a start because obviously he achieved his Class 1 wins in novices and... You, the, the races are framed so that novices carry a half penalty so we've got to give him four pounds so that's you know we're on the back foot a little bit at the start but um i think the level that noob negra can achieve on good ground is very very high and you know we've beaten politolog we've beaten altior when our conditions have been correct we've been second in the champion chase um that is very high form how does that equate to an arkle I'll leave that with people with more diagnosis skills than me. Um, but I, I, I think there is not a lot between them at this point. Well, well, well you've, you've, got an, you've got an idea because you saw, you saw Edward Stone's back with third time lucky a couple of times last year. Yeah, I, I would say, like, I would say at the moment, um, on the ground especially, I would favour Nuba Negra. Um, but I'm going to say that. And I'm sure King would say, well, Actually, I favour Edwardstone, um, but I, I would favour on the ground. I would favour Nubanegra, but you know, what's the point in me thinking I'd favour Edwardstone? I, I, you know, I wouldn't. Um, but I'm very happy with his preparation. A few of ours have been needing the run, um, but you know, he shouldn't be one of those because he's an older horse. He's a horse that's had a, a, a you know designed target since he came in from the start of the year. A little bit, little bit like Molly Ollie's wishes. A little bit like Prashim. You know, they've had specific targets that we've been able to prep them for rather than the novices just, you know, putting your hat in the ring and seeing where you stand. These have had proper objectives and um, he's been away to the grass gallop a couple of times. He looks like he looks fantastic. Um, and I, I'm just very much looking forward to the conditions being in his favour and seeing seeing where we stand against Edward Stone. He's, you know, taking an awful winner course distance. He's done it all the same as we have. So it's 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 going to be hard. And, okay, what of Midnight River in tomorrow's Paddy Power then? Uh, do you think he's a horse handicapped to win a race like this, notwithstanding the ground? Yes. That's all we need to know. And as 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 as, as, as far as the as far as the other runners are concerned this weekend, who are you most looking forward to? Um, obviously, the ground is a little bit. Uh, the ground's going to suit some, not going to suit the others. I think it's a big task. But Father of Jazz makes his debut in a Grade Two on Sunday, off the flat, first run over hurdles. But the ground suits him. Um, and then we've got, I think, old Paddy Roan Canoe's got a fair chance, but maybe it could be a little softer to be at his absolute best for him. So it's a little bit up in the air, um, sort of where your best chances lie because of the ground. But I mean, all things all things said, I think we've we've spoken the most about the one who was suited best by the conditions, and that's Nubanegra. 
Finally, there's a fascinating contest over in Ireland on Sunday at Navan, where we'll see the return of dual stairs hurdle champion Flooring Porter in the Grade 2 Lismanland hurdle. He looks set to take on Bob Ollinger, who's reverting back to hurdles on a bit of a retrieval mission, as well as the ultra-consistent Zanahir, who I'd expect to improve a bit this season as a rising six-year-old. Flooring Porter's trainer Gavin Cromwell left Cheltenham today with a winner and a very close second from two runners, so the horses are clearly in form and he conveyed to Nick what he was hoping for from his stable star this weekend. I hope we've a little bit more luck in it than we did last year. Um, where are we, we going to fall? Um, he's, in, he's in good nick. Um, we're happy to get him started, up, started off, but um, obviously um, all the roads will be for leading towards Shelton so he's not fully wound up um, it's quite a, a good race if they all show up so um, he's a big task on hand but uh, look at a nice run and we'd be happy with that uh, we, we've talked about him a lot because he's obviously a, a real character he's he's mercurial he's, he's a little bit unpredictable but he's a damn good horse when everything clicks like a really good horse uh, is he getting any easier to, to deal with or train? He is. He's maturing a bit, and uh, I suppose as time goes on, we're you know we've we've become better at handling him. I suppose, and, and um, you know got used to his quirks, and, and um, but he definitely is maturing a bit. Um, I suppose you don't want to see all of the madness go out of meter. Um, <laughs> certainly, adds a bit of spark to him. You know, it is. Uh, I think it's important for. Him. And what's he like when he has his time off? When he goes out, when you turn him out for the summer, does he does he allow himself to relax and and chill out and do himself? He's, he's um, this year we had we had him um, we had him just just close by, and uh, you know he's he's the one horse that would actually come up to you in the field and and you give him a rub and yeah he's he's uh, he completely chills out. He, he's he's great like that. I'm just looking at the the entries for the race. You said it was looking a pretty good race. You're not wrong. I mean. For for a grade two in early November, you see it a Burley grade one winner, Tia Poo on the recovery mission, Zana here, champion hurdle plays Bob Ollinger, they're all there. Oh, it's 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 a hundred percent grade one race. Um maybe not in name, but definitely if they all show up, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good race. How are you looking to pick your way through the season? You just had the four starts last year. Is it gonna be a similarly light season, do you think? Or do you think you get a few more runs in him? Yeah, no, I definitely. Um, I think like we'll go, we'll go to the Grade One at Christmas in Everton and and straight to Cheltenham, um, and and look at after that we'll see where we go. You know, entry is definitely an option, and um, Altai is an option. So, but it, it, it's all about Cheltenham. So uh, you'll only have the two. That's interesting. You you you'd head to Otoy. Which which of the Otoy races would it be? The, is it is it called the Champion Hurdle over there? It's the three mile. Um, division, okay, the one that Thousand Stars won a few years ago, and I see Jeremy's Flame is in at, in at the weekend as well at, at Nace on Saturday. Is uh, is Jeremy's Flame is she a potential runner? She is. Um, it's looking there's a mare's chase in Clamell on Thursday that we were aiming at, but it's looking like the ground's going to be heavy down there. So I'd say we might go to Nace. Um, look at a good race as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the tears in it, but uh, it's. Um, yeah, I suppose it's 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 a it's a great one almost as well. I mean, I mean, none of us should be surprised, should we? But it does seem that the gulf in competitiveness between the two nations is is only getting bigger and not smaller. Absolutely, it's um, yeah, it's it's just season on season. It seems to be getting unbelievably competitive.
Well, I hope this week's episode has helped you pick up a few clues for the next couple of days. It'll be a frantic weekend of sport in my house, that's for sure, with racing, rugby, cricket, football and Formula One all to the fore. Nick will, of course, be back on Monday with the latest news and insight from around the world of horse racing. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.